You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell explores opportunity and the relationship we have with it. He begins by asking his radio audience, what causes us to avoid new opportunities? Why do we have ideas or seed of possibilities and let them go? Let's join the conversation. Success and possibility. And so when I say possibility, what do I mean? Well, if you get a new idea, and I know this has happened to you guys, you know, wherever you get your ideas, I get mine in the shower or I get them while I'm running. And, you know, you get an idea and you say, okay, how do I implement this idea? How do I make that happen? Well, that is what I would call possibility, right? It's really, you know, a thought of possibility of what can be. And the topic tonight or the question that I'm looking to get answered is what causes us to avoid new opportunities? Now, you may say, well, I don't avoid new opportunities. If somebody gave me an opportunity, I would take it. And I'm not necessarily talking about the external opportunities, right? I'm not talking about a better job, although I do believe that there may be times where we don't move or we don't go to the new opportunity when it is something tangible like a job. Why not? You know, what keeps us from making that shift? But the opportunity I really want to focus on is the opportunity that others typically won't see. And that's the opportunity of the idea. That's the opportunity of creating more. That's the opportunity of creating some type of shift or gaining some type of altitude in your life simply based on something that came to you that you have not communicated to anybody else. So what causes us to have these type of ideas and then not take any action on them? What's that about? And I know that I have an audience or I have uh, individuals who have suffered from this because I suffered from it. And I think I could, you know, look across the glass and and Zach and Sir Henry are here. And I think they would say they probably have suffered from the same thing. Right. Just, hey, great idea. Great concept. But what's next? And so it ends up fading almost as quickly as the idea came. And there's a, a great quote by Richard Bach. And what he says is no man is given an idea that he cannot execute on. And so why is it that we often have these ideas or these seeds of possibility and we let them go? So tonight we'll talk about opportunity and the relationship we have to opportunity. And often, you know, I I always post, you know, everything that's happening on Facebook and Twitter And one of the phrases I posted on Facebook, or, you know, question, phrase, statement. Often we have new and enlightening ideas. We get inspired initially, but then later we abandon that aspiration. Why? Like what? What causes that to happen? 
And so that's the question I'll be looking to unpack this evening in the next hour. And again, tonight's topic is or question is what causes us to avoid new opportunity? You guys know I have these experiences and somehow I'll I'll have an epiphany or something will occur to me from that experience. And the experience this time took place at the Pacific Garden Mission here in Chicago. So I would say it had to be about maybe two months ago. I put together this service project. And so you guys know I'm a life coach. I'm a mentor coach for an organization I'm affiliated with where we teach aspiring coaches. And so I put together this service project for us to go to the Pacific Garden Mission and coach homeless people and just, you know, really have an opportunity to be with them, right? To listen to what they have to say and what's on their minds. And so, you know, so, you know, I want you to check out the story because in my mind, I thought, okay, we're going to show up to the mission and we should have no problem gathering, you know, 20 to 25 people to be a part of this coaching opportunity. And so I was the first coach to get there. I put, you know, I put this project together. And so I arrived at the location and I took on the responsibility of gathering up about 20 men out of the lounge area to join my team of coaches to, you know, have this coaching opportunity. And now, mind you, you know, coaching for the most part isn't free. Like every now and then, you know, we may get a pro bono client, a young person or, you know, that you're donating your services to. But outside of that, you know, it's uh, for the most part, you know, we charge by the hour like anybody else. Okay. And of course, we were donating our services to the mission. And so I got there, I went to the lounge area, and when I walked in, you know, the guys were watching a movie, and uh, I realized right away, okay, it's not going to be as easy as I thought it was to enroll these gentlemen in the opportunity for coaching. And so I walked in, and I I could visually count about 200 to 250 men, all in one room in this lounge area. And like I said, my initial reaction to seeing this many men was, you know, okay, I shouldn't have any problem getting the people that I need. You know, here it is. I'm providing the opportunity to get free one-on-one coaching, you know, from some great trained coaches, okay? And so I thought the response would be overwhelming initially. Well, that concern was quickly quelled when I began to share the details about the opportunity verbally and noticed that the men barely acknowledged my presence, okay? And you guys hear my voice every Saturday night. And so, you know, I don't need a mic to be loud, okay? You know, God bless me with a a voice that I can project. And so I'm talking over this group, and, I mean, they literally are acting like I'm not there. So, you know, after a while, I got their attention, okay? I started to get some of their attention. And, And as I was getting their attention, I was somewhat baffled, okay? Because here I am, I'm offering an opportunity that most people would pay good money to receive. And I'm, I'm offering this opportunity for free, and there's no movement. Now, some of you would say, well, okay, you know, these guys are homeless, and, and so, you know, they probably, you know, they don't care. But I have it that everybody cares, and everybody wants to be heard, and everybody wants to be listened to. And that's really what coaching is about, right, listening. And then it hit me. Of course these men won't move. 
they're bound by the same reasons most humans use to avoid new opportunity. And so and I'm, I'm going to go further into that. But so after I had that epiphany, I began to openly share all the reasons. So I started telling these grown men, you know, why you're not taking advantage of the opportunity. You know, I'm like, OK, you won't explore the opportunity to change your life because of this. You won't do it because of your current circumstance. You won't do it because you're afraid of what these other men may think if you get up. And it was interesting because as I named each of the reasons why the men weren't moving, a few of the men in the room began to stir and they came up to the front. One guy said, OK, where do I line up? But I, it was baffling to me. Here it is. I'm, we're offering a free service. And you don't move because you're concerned about what somebody else thinks. And it's not somebody else with a tremendous amount of influence, power and money because they're in the same spot you're in. What's that about? So what I wanted to do tonight is, one, reflect, you know, what happened there and also walk through some of the reasons I've learned that we as humans avoid opportunity. We avoid new opportunity. And so to, you know, kind of close that part of the story and I'll come back to it is after a, a minute or two, you know, I finally gathered up actually a minute or 10 and prior to me about 10 minutes to get 20 men. We got 20 men. They finally volunteered for coaching. And it's funny because 20 out of, I say what, 200, 250. So 10% of the men in the room finally volunteered and the others basically remain shackled by one or more of the seven reasons I'm about to share with you, okay? And so I want us, or what I'm looking for from you all, is to identify with these gentlemen what may have you stuck, right? Because, you know, in this case, it was free coaching for them. But in your case, it may be something else. It may be an idea that you have. It may be something that was presented to you. It may be an opportunity to take a brand new job, making more money. But often there's something that gets in the way. And so let's walk through those. I, I have what I, I what I would call seven reasons. OK, so number one, what is the number one reason or you know, I wouldn't say the number one reason. But what, what I have is number one on my list of reasons why we don't accept new opportunity. And this is probably the biggest reason. OK is circumstance circumstance and it's funny because circumstance typically and we, we were just talking about this today because I was uh you know I'm a mentor coach I teach other coaches once a month the second weekend of the month and that's this weekend and we were just talking about this how circumstance becomes a barrier to possibility and how do you get an individual to surmount their circumstance to take advantage of the possibility on the other side of the wall of circumstance. And you would think that it's easy, okay? But it's not, because as human beings, we're wired to basically remain the status quo. And so what I found is one of the major barriers for engaging new opportunities is the circumstance. You know, the first thing we think about is, okay, what's going on? Circumstance has a way of showing up in a variety of different ways. And here's a few, okay? So I don't have enough time. You know, if I would do so much more with my life 
or I would be able to do so much more if I had enough time. Or, you know, another one is something happened. You know, something, you know, just happened in my life. I can't take advantage of that. You know, you don't understand how awful it is. And so, you know, I'm sorry I can't take advantage of the new opportunity. And then if something, if it's not something happened, it's something that didn't happen. Well, you know, I was supposed to get, you know, some more money on Friday. I didn't get the money. And so since I don't have the money, I can't get on the bus. And so we get caught in a circumstance, right? Really wonderful opportunity in between us in that circumstance, but we get stuck in what didn't happen versus trying to figure out how we can create more possibility around us to take advantage of the opportunity. All right. So that's three, right? I said not enough time. Something happened. Something didn't happen. Then you got another one. What someone did to you. Well, you don't understand if, you know, my father didn't or if my mother didn't or if my sister did or if my brother did, then everything would be okay. All right. So this is all circumstance. This is the stuff that gets in our way. And of course, the other one is what someone didn't do for you. And I could keep going when it comes to circumstance. Right. All the things circumstance always seems to get in the way. Now, all these things that I just shared fell into the realm of circumstances that we allow to prevent our access to a world of new and wonderful possibilities. And so I can't, you know, as a coach, I've talked to clients, I've talked to other people in workshops, and I can't tell you how often people at circumstance get, and I'm saying people, I can't tell you how often Linnell has let circumstance get in the way of truly taking advantage of a wonderful opportunity. And I, I know I've shared it before, but when I uh, first started the show, you know, there were plenty of circumstances for why, you know, I, I couldn't be on the radio. I mean, I, I wasn't a seasoned radio personality. I had never been on the radio, right? That's circumstance. You know, the radio station is on the south side of Chicago. I happen to live in the west suburbs. That's a a long drive both ways. I mean, that's another circumstance, but it was a brand new opportunity, right? So what do you do? Like, what do you do? And I've shared it before, you know, of the week before the very first radio show, I was ready to call and, you know, let the executive producer or Melody Span Cooper or someone know like, hey, you know what? I don't think this is a good idea. And what I'm getting at here is that there's typically something else present, and I'm going to get to it. It's actually number seven on my list, but there's something else present in why we put circumstance in the way, because really circumstance is only an excuse. All right, so let's go to number two. The second reason why we avoid new opportunities. And so number two is our present comfort. And so opportunity is often in opposition to comfort, okay? And opportunity is new. It's unpredictable. It often requires a decision to abandon our current comfort zone. And, you know, I could do a whole show on the comfort zone, but the comfort, <laughs> the comfort zone is exactly what it's named, right? It's the comfort. It's the area where you find the most comfort, right? And so... When you are looking to take on new opportunity, you know, it's new. Like I said, it's unpredictable. And typically 
you have to step out your comfort zone. And that's tough to do when more of the same seems so safe and predictable. It's interesting. There's a, well, I, you know, I'm going to save that for number three. I'm going to save that for number three. So phenomenal opportunities have been lost because many of us were seduced by the illusion of our safety and our present comfort. And so let me explain that. So one of the things I often hear is, well, I don't want to go from one company to another company because I don't know what's going to go on. Well, I think this is one of the battles that individuals who want to be entrepreneurs go through. Well, why would I leave a nine to five and pursue this idea as an entrepreneur when at least I know where my check is coming from? And, you know, some time ago, I wrote a blog and it's called The Illusions All Around Us. And part of what I was getting at is that illusions fall into certain categories, right? And so we have illusions about safety. We have illusions about trust. We have illusions about truth, illusions about cleanliness, illusions about what's beautiful, illusions about control, illusions about insurance. And I break them all down. And I want to talk about safety in particular, because safety is an illusion in a lot of ways, right? And so it's, you know, you can look at stats, and if I were to say to you, which is safest, parachuting out of a plane or driving, a lot of people would probably say, well, parachuting is more dangerous, when in essence, driving is much more dangerous. You know, you look at some other countries where you see terrorist attacks, and we begin to think like, oh my God, it's so, it's so dangerous in that country, when in essence, we have terrorism right here in the streets of Chicago, right? So what's the difference? It's, it's more dangerous here or it's more dangerous there. But often we play this, we have this illusion in our minds as to what is safe and what is not safe. And especially when it comes to our present comfort, right? When it comes to our present comfort, it's much easier for us to tell ourselves a story that where I am right now is safe because If it's not safe, that means I have to get uncomfortable. And so often, I didn't make this one of the reasons we avoid new opportunities, but often it's the story we play or the story we tell ourselves why we don't take advantage of new opportunity. Okay, so that's number two. So number two is present comfort. Number one was current circumstance. All right. So number three. Number three is avoiding disappointment. And so in the book Unfolding by Price Pritchett, Price Pritchett points out the following. And by the way, if you never read the book Unfolding, you do not have to be a scholar to read this book. It's a very thin book, and it's probably one of the most profound books on uncertainty that I've ever read. And it's called The Unfolding by Price Pritchett. But Price Pritchett points out, Research shows that human beings have a far greater sensitivity to losses than gains. In fact, losses carry twice the psychological impact of gains. So what does that mean? Well, when we assess the potential risk associated with uncertainty, our short-term gamble will normally be warped. Okay, so what I mean by warped. We dislike risk so much that 
a lot of times we will stay in a situation that is clearly unstable so as not to introduce any risk into our lives, right? Going back to the illusion of safety. And so when it comes to new opportunity, new opportunity is usually kind of categorized with risk. And so we won't attach ourselves to that again, because as Price Pertrit called out, that losses carry twice the psychological impact of gains. Now, it didn't say twice the loss. It didn't say twice the revenue or twice the cash, just twice the psychological impact. But because, you know, from we're a lot of times we navigate through this life using our logic, using our psycho ability, psychoanalysis, et cetera, then again, the illusion is that this is going to hurt or it may be I might take a loss and therefore it's best that I stay put. So we'll much prefer to take risks that might avoid a possible loss than take risk to achieve a possible gain. All right, now you guys hear that? We are more likely to avoid a possible loss than take risk to achieve a possible gain. So to put it another way, we're far more concerned about what uncertainty or opportunity may take from us than what good it might bring to us. All right? So that's the third reason why we avoid new opportunity. All right. This is why we stay stagnant. We stay put. We don't get out and try to do new things and grow ourselves. All right. So number four, number four is self-protection. All right. Now, we've all been hurt. We've all been harmed or taken advantage of in some way or another. And these unfortunate happenings haven't always been a result of opportunity. They have it. All right. Some of these things just happen in the space that we may be in already. Right. In our status quo, you know, we might get hurt. But somehow we feel like we must protect ourselves from unknown sources of pain. And so often we associate what seemingly could be a good idea or an epiphany or a seed of possibility with unknown and we see as unknown as being painful, okay? And so because we associate the unknown with the source of pain, we avoid any new opportunity. It is as if opportunity itself has caused all of our misfortunes to befall us. <laughs> I mean, think about that, right? Because, okay, we've all been hurt before, but did opportunity hurt you? And so what are you protecting yourself from when you say, nah, I'm going to stay put, or no, nah, I'm not going to go after that? So it's as if, like I said, opportunity itself has caused all of our misfortunes to befall us when in essence, our pains have been caused by so much more than opportunities that may have backfired. I would assert that often opportunities don't backfire. Especially when we go about them the right way. All right. So that's number four. Okay, so if you're just joining us, you know, I'm talking about. You know, why is it that we do not take advantage of new opportunities? And I'm covering seven of the reasons. So number one was current circumstance. Number two is our present comfort. Number three, avoiding disappointment. And I just covered number four, which is self-protection. All right. So let's move to number five. All right. Number five is we want to maintain control. All right. Now, 
I can go back to illusions because, again, (laughs) you know, control is nothing more than an illusion. And many of us live in the illusion that we can control the things that we think we know. All right. Thus, anything new that comes with a level of unpredictability that causes us to, you know, anything that's new, because I want you guys to get this. Anything that's new that comes with a level of unpredictability will cause us to steer clear of the entire vicinity when we have a control complex. Because opportunity, by its very nature, is new. Therefore, to explore an opportunity would mean, consequently, giving up the story we tell ourselves that we are in control. But here's the unfortunate circumstance. The story of control is not real. It's not. Because control is an, it's an illusion. And all too often we believe that our safety, our success, and our peace of mind depends solely on our own actions. And while that helps, it doesn't necessarily completely work because none of us operate independent of anyone else. When I get in my car tonight and I drive home from the studio, I may be a great driver and I may be in full control of my vehicle, but I am not in control of the other vehicles on the road. And so, in essence, when I merge into the traffic on the expressway, I then become interdependent on all the other drivers on the expressway. So there's no control. Case in point, the person pulling up behind you at the stoplight If their attention to detail in that moment is not on the stoplight, they can shift your weekend or even your life. So no matter how we put it, somehow we're all connected. Thus, your control is very limited. So let's take this back to opportunity. okay? The story of control is often so strong with some of us, we remain trapped in a tiny space of what we think is predictable or what I would call predictability with the sole purpose to stay safe. And the sad thing is this, you are no safer in that tiny space than you are in a gigantic world of opportunity. You are no safer. So why not do something audacious? Why not do something daring? I mean, something to think about here. So, again, one of the reasons why we do not take on new opportunity is because we want to maintain control. It's interesting. You know, some time ago I had a client and uh, very, you know, successful businesswoman. And she had grown her business and then basically abandoned the business because it got too big. And, you know, so a lot of people would say, well, that's just ridiculous. Who would leave a business that got too big? And the person who would leave a business that got too big is someone who lives in the context of control. Like, I have to control everything. If you live in that context, then once it gets so big that you have to receive some support and everything is no longer in your control, you only can control the people who are controlling the other things and there's only so much control you can provide on them, then... If that's your context, if that's how you operate, you will become discouraged and basically banish all control. 
in the spirit of keeping control of what you have, which is now nothing. And so that's what control can do to you. It has a very polarizing impact in some ways. Okay, let's keep moving. So number six, number six, the sixth way or the sixth reason why we avoid new opportunity is because we dislike vulnerability. So opportunity makes us vulnerable, okay? The newness of opportunity exposes us to a plethora of circumstances. It exposes us to a plethora of situations. It exposes us to all types of new information that we may not know. And so taking advantage of an opportunity can often leave us defenseless and outside the safety fences that encompass our comfort zones, right? I talked about the comfort zone. And so while these truths may seem disconcerting, it's important to remember that In this place is where most of the world's most successful human beings have found their magic. They found their magic in their vulnerability outside of their comfort zones. You know, so in ontological coaching, typically when I'm having this conversation around comfort zones with a client, I typically share with them that outside your comfort zone is where possibility lives. All right. That's where all the possibility is. And I'm sure you guys have seen stuff on Facebook and on Instagram where, you know, they have a a circle with the comfort zone. They say the magic happens here. You know, the magic happens outside the comfort zone. And that's true. I think I shared some time ago, you know, the story of Edward Norton and, and Jimmy Fallon on the Jimmy Fallon Night Show and and how Edward Norton was talking about you know, the opportunity he had to play with the prestigious rock band and how scared he was and how he came, with, came up with a lot of excuses initially until he reminded himself that part of the reason he was successful is because he always played or always tried to live outside of his comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. And so he ended up playing with the band. And it was a great experience. I shared that story some time ago, but that's where the magic happens. And so the question is, how often are you putting yourself in situations that make you downright nervous, that put you way outside your comfort zone? You're not comfortable. You're sweating. You're nervous. You know, you're, you're second guessing yourself. How often do you do that? Because the more you do that, the more you expand your comfort zone and the wider your comfort zone then the more you're able to do and the more opportunities you're able to take advantage of. If you live in a world where, you know, you're not getting nervous much and you have complete control, complete access, it may be time to step into the unknown because that's where the magic is. All right. Number seven. Number seven is fear. Okay, And it's interesting because I would say that all of the six items I shared before, all are sourced by fear, okay? You know, your current circumstance. Oh, well, I had this, I had this happen, I had this. That's just an excuse. You're just scared. I mean, let's get down to, if you really want to get down to the root cause of what causes us not to shift past circumstance, it's typically because there's fear behind that. Our present comfort, you know, you're afraid to give that up there again. There's fear. Avoiding disappointment. Well, avoiding disappointment would be maybe more so a a fear of being disappointed. It's one of the reasons why a lot of us don't have meaningful relationships. There's a fear of being played, a fear of being cheated on, a fear of being 
lied to, a fear of being cheated on, a fear of being hurt. And so we don't take the risk to experience the reward of a meaningful relationship. And so we're always continually trying to protect ourselves. All right. Number four, self-protection. What is self-protection? And self-protection, again, you don't have to protect yourself against anything that you're not afraid of. Okay? You don't have to protect. You know what? I'm going to go back to number two real quick. Number two, present comfort. There's a cliche saying that good is the enemy of great. And, you know, for me, that's that's what I struggle with every day. But good is the enemy of great. You know, if life is good, then why would I step out and do something more? And so when we talk about present comfort, that's what that is. All right. But all of it's based in fear. Okay. Self-protection based in fear. Control. Control, again, fear-based. Because you really don't have control. So you tell yourself a story that you have control. So that way you don't, you're not scared. You stay, you, you, so you tell yourself, you know, you're not, I don't have anything to fear because I'm controlling everything. No, you don't. You don't control much at all. All right. I, I just talked about that. Okay. And vulnerability, the lack of vulnerability is nothing but fear. Okay. So let's talk about fear. And I'll, I'll end the show with this. Now, fear goes by a lot of names. But we avoid new opportunities simply because they're scary. And like I said, all seven of the reasons I shared about why we avoid new opportunities are scary. But fear is typically the underlying reason for almost any decision we make to keep our lives at status quo. And, you know, keep in mind that fear is the polar opposite of faith. All right. And so it's interesting to me when individuals who claim to have faith based affiliations wallow in fear. Because if faith is the opposite of fear and faith has associations with light and goodness, then fear has associations with dark and badness. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself, what is controlling me? Like what has a grip on me? And um, I'm going to leave that alone. But anyway, so fear is the underlying, underlying reason for almost any decision we make to keep our lives at status quo. So how do we conquer this humongous beast, right? This beast called fear that typically grabs us by the throat and chokes us and makes it so that we don't take advantage of new opportunities. Well, Will Smith summed this one up perfectly in his recent movie, After Earth. Now, the movie only got, I think, one star, one and a half stars. But for me, it gets four to five stars. And I, and I, I think I shared this before on the show. But there's a quote that he says in the movie that's really powerful. And what he says is this. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. And then he says, do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear 
is a choice. All right, I'm going to give you the quote one more time, all right? You can Google this. You can check out the movie After Earth because the whole movie is really based on, it's, a, it's an education on fear, okay? But what he says is, fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is the product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. And that is near insanity. Now, do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. All right. So let me finish the story about the Pacific Garden mission for those of you who who've been with me since the beginning of the show. So if there was anything that was keeping those men in their seats, it was fear. It was fear of I may hear something I don't want to hear. I may say something I don't want to say. And so they passed up a great opportunity with, you know, coaches who typically make hundreds of dollars an hour. Okay. now, after my colleagues and I finished our coaching session with the homeless men at the Pacific Guard Mission, I was talking to a couple of the, the men as we walked out and one of the guys approached me and he began to share how valuable the time was that we spent with them. And one of the men said, man, I can't believe I almost let what other people thought about me getting up make me stay in my seat. And I got to tell you, I'm sure walking back into that lounge after, after having had the empowering experience that those men had, uh, they can care less if their friends or their buddies ridiculed them for the decision to get up and join us in this, you know, I guess, mysterious opportunity. And what I do know is a gentleman that came to me, that opportunity made a difference for him. And that's what really mattered. It doesn't matter what somebody has to say. It doesn't matter what somebody thinks. It's whether or not it makes sense for you, whether or not it makes a difference for you. So what opportunity today are you ignoring? Are you trying to push off? Are you trying to forget because of what you think somebody else might think about your opportunity or about your actions if you start to take advantage of the opportunity? That's insane. You know, it's crazy. We come into the earth by ourselves and we leave by ourselves. Got to start making decisions like that. And so I guess the eighth reason for why we avoid opportunity could be what other people think. You know, so <laughs> number eight, then, is we avoid new opportunities because of what other people may think if we do it. So what would people think of me when I had my very first show? What would people think of me? Well, me on the radio. What if I make a fool of myself? Well, so what? What if I don't? What if I don't try? Then you have to live with the regret of being mediocre. And which one do you want to have? Do you want to be ridiculed for claiming great, for going after great, for daring to be great? Or do you want to live a mediocre life? And guess what? People will talk about that too. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes, 
and updates.